0: to the official podcast of the mission Redlands we are a growing community living out god 's radical love man well am I so glad to see you guys this morning thank you for choosing to be a part of our our family this morning um, something you may or may not know about me is that my whole family is musical. Um, my grandparents were actually country and western musicians, and so I grew up listening to all the songs by, like, the larger-than-life country and western musicians. Like, I grew up listening to uh, Johnny Cash and, and Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard and Hank Williams Sr. And just, you know, all the, all the greats, you know? And, and, uh, and all of my grandparents' kids We're actually musical too. My mom, she loves to sing and she got me into Elvis and the Beatles at a really young age. And as a kid, I would just soak up Whatever music I could get my hands on, and pretty much for as long as I can remember, all I wanted to do with my life was was play music. Now the Lord had other plans for me, you know, but I still get to play music. So, um, but uh, about three seconds after I learned my third chord on the guitar, um, I started a band right, when I was 14. And uh, and now I'm, 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 I'm not saying we were good or anything, but what I am saying is that I could totally rock one of those like giant metal beaded choker necklaces with white bleach blonde tips in my hair. I could rock that look like nobody's business. That's what I am saying. So so anybody ever see that? No, just me? Okay, back in the 90s. So, all right, never mind, moving on. So, um, <laughs> So at least I looked like a guy who could be in a band, right, even if we weren't that good. But we would rehearse for hours and hours in my parents' basement, and we'd play show for, shows for friends all the time. And being in a band has changed a lot since I was a kid, and and, and now you have to worry about, you know, social media and YouTube and having a cool website and, and all that kind of stuff. And and, and in fact, true story, me and some friends actually right now are, are in a band together and uh, we're, we're working on putting together some, some cover songs and some original songs, like a set of music that we can play out. And, and most of us are just a bunch of old guys, though, so we're not like we're just a bunch of old guys who love music, so it's not like we're pinning all of our hopes and dreams on, like, making it big or something. Like, we're just having fun, you know? But, but, um, but the truth is, before I even had all of the band members lined up, I created this, like, super professional-looking website and Facebook page and social media stuff, and, and I hadn't, like, I did all this work, and we hadn't even played a song together yet. Um... But, like, seriously, our online, online presence looked, like, unbelievably pro, right? And, and I had actually taken some photos from their personal Facebook pages and, like, a- edited them together to, like, look like a band photo, right? And, and I, I mean, we looked good. Like, I'm just going to say it. We looked good, right? And anybody who went to our website, like, th- they took one look at us and, we're, and, and they thought, man they could definitely take my upcoming pizza party or bar mitzvah to the next level. Like, that, that, that's what they saw when they looked at us. And, but the truth is, we would never been all in the same room together. Like, we, we, we hadn't played a song. And when, when I was building all this web promotional stuff, I was sitting there thinking, like, oh, we need this. Like, we really, like, if we're going to do this right and we're going to really do it, this is, like, something we need to do, and I really need to do this work. And, but... Really, all that work was in vain because we didn't have anything worth promoting at the time. Like, it was just me and some friends talking about an idea. And I'm pretty sure they already have a Facebook page for that. It's called Facebook, right? Like, like and, and, and that's where you talk to your friends about ideas, right? It's on Facebook or face-to-face, I guess, if you're old, you know. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, all that work was done... It was just silly, and it wasn't the priority that I should have been focusing on. It a better priority would have been like, "Hey, get all of our butts in the same room and play some music, right?" <laughs> and, and and months went by before that actually happened, right? But we had this pro website, and 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 so months go by. We finally get together, and it was super fun. We're having a blast with it, and uh, but to this day, almost a year later, we still haven't played for anyone, like not even our wives, and, and, and I, I just can't help but look back on that and feel like I did a lot of work in the wrong order, right? Like, I did a lot of work in the wrong order, and the order of our priorities, they matter, right? The order of our priorities, it matters, don't they? And, and we're in week three of our current sermon series, Press Pause, and I have to say, it's been so refreshing for me, I love being surrounded by you guys while, while we sing these songs of praise to the Lord. It's been so good. I love seeing the kids face during worship. And, and uh, we've been taking a good hard look at what it means to rest and God's intentions behind calling us to a Sabbath, right? And, and we're taking a break. No, we're not taking a break. We're trying to break the cycle of constant busyness for the sake of busyness in our lives. And we're looking at setting some new, healthier rhythms. And uh, Setting priorities are so important when striving to break old cycles and begin new rhythms because the things we place a higher priority on are more likely to get done, right? Like, as we all know, there are only so many hours in the day, and evaluating the things that are getting our attention now is one way to figure out what your priorities are. Uh, But be careful attempting this evaluation, though, because you might not like what you find. I I definitely didn't like what I found you know, after doing that myself. And sometimes we can get so focused on a single aspect of our lives, we devote our blood, sweat, and tears to it, but it never seems to turn out the way we think it should, right? And, and meanwhile, everything else that needs our attention too to continues to sit on the back burner, right? And, and, and at some point, we just need to ask ourselves, like, am I doing the right thing here? Like, Am I missing something? Um, Is all this in vain? Like, what is motivating me to devote so much of my time and attention to this? Maybe, Maybe you don't realize it, but this is a hard lesson that I have learned and continue to learn daily is that the truth is that every time you say yes to something... We say no to something else. We say no to something else. And, and that no may be a silent no, right? But it's there. It's there. When we, when we look at what we prioritize our, with our time, we not only see what we're saying yes to, but we also see the things that are being told no. Would you turn with me to chapter one of the book of Haggai? Yes, that's right. I said Haggai. Haggai. It's a book. It's a book in there. It's definitely in there. Three books um, before the New Testament. So turn, turn with me to the book of Haggai in, in, in chapter one. Now I, now, I know you guys are already, you guys already know the book of Haggai inside and out. And, and like, I think Chris Tomlin's latest song like came out of the book of Haggai pretty much. And, you know, um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but since you know all about it, like I, I don't need to go into too much detail. But uh, but just for my own sake, like I love to tell stories, so just let me recap and refresh your m- memory and, and set the scene for you. Um, for centuries, the Hebrew prophets have been accusing the Israelites of being disobedient to God and, and breaking their covenant relationship with Him. They're 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 like tight bond and and when when warned that the empire of babylon would rise up and take out jerusalem and destroy the temple and lead the israelites back into exile like and it, they they told the israelites this over and over again and that's exactly what ended up happening all it, it all happened in the year 587 bc and uh after the smoke cleared the beautiful temple that Solomon had built to be the dwelling place of the Lord lie in ruins, right? And, and the Israelites, the Israelite people were taking, taken from the land that God had given them and they were led off to be captives in Babylon. And, uh, and, and when the book of Haggai opens, it opens in 520 BC, which is nearly 70 years later, if you can do the math, uh, and... and the Babylonian Empire has recently been destroyed and, and the world is now ruled by the Persians. And, and, the, and the king of Persia, Cyrus the Great, released all of the Israelite captives to go back to Jerusalem if they so desired. And, and so after 70 years, think about that. 70 years. That's like a lifetime for some of us who eat a lot of bacon. Like... Um, <laughs> After 70 years of captivity, the Israelites are finally free to go back home to Jerusalem. And, and, and Jerusalem is still wrecked at this point. It's still destroyed. And, and uh, the Israelites, under the leadership of a priest named Joshua and an heir to the line of David named Zerubbabel, uh, go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city. And the, and the israelites' lives and 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 things are great at first. The people begin to rebuild the temple, but shortly after the work starts the the work stalls out right and 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 the Israelites begin to focus on other things, like making their own houses look super nice while the temple still lays in shambles, right? Still wrecked. And, and this is where Haggai enters the picture. Haggai was a prophet, which means he communicated the messages from God to the people of Israel. And And at the opening of the book, Haggai has a few words for the two uh, current leaders of the Israelite people. So let's read um, Haggai 1, uh, verse 1 through 12. Now, now this... Uh, this uh, section of scripture has some pretty good names in it. Good, good biblical names. So, Tara, if you're if you're looking for for any names for the baby, maybe um, consider Zerubbabel or Sheolteal. Teal. Um, that's another one. Jehozadak. So, just suggestions, okay, for for, for the upcoming baby. So, um, so Haggai is a good one too. By the way, yeah, all right, all right, yeah. So. Um, anyways, so uh, verse 1, in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month of the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, um, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. It is, is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now there, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You you looked for much, and behold, it came too little, and when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce." And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and what the ground brings forth on man and beast and on all their labors. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all their, the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. So, so let's talk about what we just read for a moment. Let's talk about it, because it's kind of confusing. There's, there's, um, so uh, Haggai comes to Zerubbabel, who's, who, as I said, is, is of the line of David, and uh, King David, and, and Joshua is the uh, son of Jehoshadak the high priest, and he says, hey guys, uh, Haggai comes to these leaders, and he's like, hey guys, uh, God has noticed a thing, and it's like, it's definitely a thing, like, it's really bugging him, guys, like, this, this thing that he's noticed is bugging him, and it seems that you and the rest of the Israelites have had time to make your own houses look super nice, and by the way, I love the Persian flair you added to your front porch last week, Zerubbabel, it's, 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 it's very nice, I love it, but, but here's the thing, the house that Solomon built for God's presence, um, it, it's, it's, it's still a wreck. It's still a wreck. God wants to be with you, and honestly, he's kind of getting tired of your excuses for why you can't rebuild his temple. You obviously have time to work on your own house, so why do you continue to ignore God's house? And, and then Haggai communicates something from the Lord that is very profound to me. Uh, he says in verse 5, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways, consider your ways. God is saying through Haggai, think about what you are doing. What should the priority be here right now what what 's the first priority right now? My wife says that to me all that all the time. is that should that be your first priority right now? you know uh, uh, and, and God continues by telling them why their work has not been as fruitful as it should be, right? In verse 6 and 7, he says, You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And And he who earns wages does so to put them in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord, Consider your ways. There's that phrase again, consider your ways. And, and, and starting at verse eight, God continues saying, go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it. And that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much and behold, it came too little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? 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 declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with your own house. Therefore, the heavens above have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce, and I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, and the oil, on on what the ground brings forth, on man, beast, and and all their labor, God is telling the Israelites and their leadership this. You wonder why your crops have been too little and and you never feel like you have enough. You wonder why it feels like you earn your pay and, and it disappears like it's kept in a bag with holes. God says it's because you have forced me to withhold my blessing from you. You forced me to withhold my blessing from you. I don't want to withhold my blessing from you. I really don't. I want to give it to you. I really do. But I, I like, I want to be with you, Israelites. Like that's what God is saying. But your out of whack priorities have forced me to withhold my blessing and watch from afar. God says, if you want my blessing, you have to be in a blessable position. A blessable position. If you want to be blessed, you have to be blessable. God's like, so far all you've shown me is that you think you can rebuild Jerusalem on your own. You've made me a footnote in your story when actually I am the I am, and I am the author of every story. So if you want my blessing, turn your attention to my house instead of your own, so that I may bless you. I know none of you can relate to the Israelite people, like I, I, I get that, but but I can relate to the Israelite people, like I, I really can, and And honestly, one of the things that I battle against daily is misplaced priorities. I don't know if it's just the the people pleaser in me, or if it's that I try to do too much all at once and I can't keep it up, or um, I I don't know what it is. But more times than I care to admit, um, the things that truly matter get set on the back burner for something that's frankly not that important. And when I ignore the things that are the most important, like my relationship with God or, or even my family, I say to God, I know better. I know what's important better than you do. I know what's important, God. Um, and you know what? Most of the time when I choose other things over what God deems the priority, I end up just spinning my wheels with everything. Everything. I just end up spinning my wheels with everything, and I never, ever really get ahead on anything. That's the truth. God wants to bless me, and in his generosity, he does a lot of times anyways. Um, But for me to receive the true blessing of God, I have to put myself in a blessable position by being obedient to what God deems most important. And don't get confused, and don't confuse God's blessing with his love. He always loves us, no matter what. So don't confuse the two. He loves us. He loves you, just as you are right now. He loves you. But he puts the ball in our court whether he can truly pour out his blessing on us. This account in the book of Haggai comes down to motives, right? And, and we're laboring, are we laboring for the wrong things? Maybe you're like me and it happens out of people pleasing. Or, or maybe it's because you're, you're doing the best you can to make a better life for yourself and your family. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's nothing wrong with working hard. In fact, Colossians 3, 23 and 24 say, whatever you do, work heartily. But as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. But if you're working hard to just increase your own comfort and ignoring your relationship with God, you're laboring in vain. Serving and giving glory to God should be the foundation that everything else we do is laid upon. Putting off what we know is right to do what makes us more comfortable tells God we don't believe in Him as provider. So here's what I want to do, and that just as the worship team comes and the ushers prepare to take our offering, um, here's, here's what I want us to do this week, church family. And don't miss out on this. I want to fo- really focus in on this. Uh, this is what I want us to do this week. I want us to... Um, As Haggai puts it, consider our ways. I want us to consider our ways. I want us to take a look at what our priorities are and their fruit. Are the top priorities in our lives producing anxiety and depression, or are they producing steadiness and peace? Do these priorities place us in a blessable position, or are they just promoting a band that doesn't really exist? This week, I want you to spend some time alone, whether it's early in the morning or late at night after the kids uh, are asleep. I I want you to spend some time alone with the Lord, and I want you to just begin to write out what things are taking priority in your time. Not what should be taking priority in your time, but what is taking priority in your time. Because... I, I feel like this could be really helpful to all of us. And, and But before you even write one word, before you write the first word, before you write the date on the paper, I want you to pray that the Lord would give you eyes to see clearly the reality of your life. After you've written them all out, I want you to evaluate it. I want you to look at it and 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 see what you're saying yes to that you shouldn't be. And because of those yeses, what are you silently saying no to that needs to be a yes? As you look this list over, evaluate what changes the Lord is putting on your heart to make and then do it. Don't make excuses. Do it. Don't put it off. The hardest part is getting started, but once you begin, I believe the Lord will place His blessing upon you. Just as He did Zerubbabel and and Joshua and the Israelites. When they began doing what was right and rebuilding the temple, about a month into the rebuilding of of the temple, Haggai came back with a second word for the Israelites. And the leaders, and, and, and in verse 13 and 14, it says, Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message, I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people, and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. It didn't happen immediately, overnight, for the people of Israel. They, honestly, they probably, they probably struggled, but they did it out of obedience. And then, out of nowhere, a month later, the Lord just blesses them, blesses their efforts. Honestly, we started this series about rest because a lot of us in the church here were we're feeling a little burned out. And uh, our priorities being out of whack is a leading cause of restlessness. We labor so hard sometimes for so little. And all the while, the Lord is just reminding us of Psalm 127 and and. And this is just a constant reminder, Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for He gives His beloved sleep. He gives His beloved sleep. He gives His beloved rest when we are in a blessable position. Guys, that, that psalm has recently become Something that I quote in the middle of the night, when there's something on my heart that I can't get off, I pray about it. When there, and and I can, I've gotten to the place where I can tell a difference between something the Lord has put on my heart and something I'm just stewing over. Does that make sense? And so when I recognize it as something that I'm just stewing over, I remind myself of that verse. He gives his beloved sleep. And almost immediately, a peace comes. So I want to encourage you this week, write out those things that are prioritizing your time, evaluate it with the Lord, pray about it, and make, you know, like Michael Jackson says, make that change, right? Make that change. So I want to pray now as the ushers come forward, and uh, we're gonna pray over our tithes and offering, and, and we're gonna sing one more song. So, Father God, this message is for—I know you—you you brought this message about for me. If it isn't for anyone else in this room, but I—I I, I bet that it is. But um, this message is—is. Is, for me is as much as anybody got and and so lord i uh I thank you for your grace, Lord, I thank you that when we blow it, we can come and ask forgiveness lord and and have a clean slate, God God help us to identify those things this week that that we're choosing to value over the things that are truly important. God, I pray a radical change would happen in our lives because of this. Lord, I pray that there would be peace where there was once anxiety. I pray, Lord... Where there was once depression, there would be steadiness, Lord. Father, we love you. We ask you just to bless our offering now. We, we give back to you what we believe to already be yours, Lord. Everything we have, including our money, is given to us by you. And so we give back to you now, Lord. Bless it. Multiply it and send it out to build your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.